Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast. We are coming at you a week or so after uh, the one on championship, one, one on champ, one on prime. Amazon you, you only prime work for two. him. It's fine. God, it's, the first one was so hard. <laughs> one on Amazon Prime one. That was the first one, right? So the the last one is the second one. Uh, it was a doubleheader, basically. There was a show on Thursday, and then there was a show on uh, Saturday. Uh, sorry we didn't get the podcast out sooner last week with Moojig, but because I was working the show, I was just super busy, and I didn't have time to edit it and stuff like that. So if you haven't listened to it, go check out that that podcast with Moojig. He's one of the best, uh, best jiu-jitsu players in the country, and he works over at Equilibrium. Uh, not the most talkative guy, but nice had a lot of good insight, and we got him super drunk. Like, uh, <laughs> awkwardly drunk. <laughs> I have some videos. Dude, there were points where, like, we were sitting here drinking, and, like, he, he came behind me and, like, grabbed me, just, like, messing with me and shit, and, like, put me, in, like, in a headlock and stuff. And I was like, man, the fucking squeeze on this guy. <laughs> like, the hand strength that he has when he just, like, touched me, I was like, oh, shit. You know how, like, you touch people and you can just tell they're, like, built different? Yeah. Like, he's just built different. Yeah. Like, he literally would just, like, put his hands on my shoulders, and I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, when I <laughs> shook his power. hand, like, my fucking shit was breaking, and I was just like, man, was, he was one of those guys that's just like, as soon as he touched me, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. Well, I, I was, can see what we're dealing with here. You have, like, tendons, like, steel cables if you cut him open, and he's, like, not made of the same stuff that our regular, normal people tendons are made of. Yeah, after the podcast last week, Stephen came over. And then was kind of instigating Mujig or whatever. And he just chugged half a glass of whiskey. So drunk. We were all so drunk <laughs> by the end of the night. Stephen Langdown has that effect on people. We got to get a podcast with him rocking pretty soon. Yeah, I, I do not regret the fact that I had to go home because I was too... Yeah, you dodged a bullet. Yeah, you dodged I, a bullet. I thought I might have. So, uh, yeah, go check out that podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and start breaking down the one. Um, so Jake and I were actually quite happy that we found... Apparently somebody had posted something on a Reddit post about the podcast... Um, and then Stephen sent it to me and Stephen Langdown and then, uh, and you know, they were talking about the results, I think of the main event of Angela Lee and, and Xiong Jingnan, which we'll talk about in the podcast for sure. And so somebody, I don't know who had like leaked the scoring card of, of one of the, one of my colleagues, uh, Jeremy, who was judging the fight. And I don't know how it got leaked onto Reddit. Like, who took that photo of the scorecard? And maybe maybe they wanted to send it out. I don't know. I don't know how it worked exactly. Maybe someone with a telephoto lens in the arena. Well, I'll tell you what, Jake. Why don't we just start with that? Why don't you pull up that Reddit post? Because, uh, you know, somebody had just posted that there's a judge in Singapore who uh, breaks down, because I broke down bits of it when we were doing the Mighty Mouse podcast. And uh, somebody posted that there was a guy doing a podcast who was a judge, and I would got a little bit of a subscriber boost from that, and the Reddit you know, uh, people were talking on the Reddit about it and stuff, and they shared a clip, which I'm very grateful to all of you guys who uh, participated in that thread or, or subscribed to my channel because of it. And so I think what we'll do then is just take a look at this scorecard because I know immediately the drama is going to be, you know, who do I think won the Angela Lee uh, Jingnan fight? I, I, th happen I, I think make it clear as well, you weren't judging that fight. I was not <laughs> judging that one. I was not judging that one, which was amazing, actually. <laughs> this isn't you trying to justify yourself to the public. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually in an interesting pos uh, position here where I can give you guys what I think, but it actually isn't like officially scored, right? So I can keep all of that aside and then give you my opinion. Actually, you should also know I rewatched the fight right before we started the podcast so I could get a little bit more uh, insight to it. 
But uh, yeah, so why don't you throw that up on the main screen there? Uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to find the scorecard. I've just got no, no, yeah, no worries. But if you, you could show the, okay. le- the Reddit thread as well, and then maybe if people want to go and look at it or whatever they can. So yeah, the, the the thread is on our MMA, and it's one on Prime Video two main event scorecard from one of the judges. Match scored overall by by criteria and advantages, and then if you scroll down, uh, well, there's a bit about me in the podcast. One of the did. Diddly Dank. Diddly Dank, thank you for shouting this out, man. I appreciate that. One of the 1FC judges has a podcast link below as a segment of him describing how it is. And then some people said it was a good podcast and that we keep it real, so I appreciate that. I'm keeping it real right now. I'm on my third beer. So I'm keeping it, keeping keeping it real it, for you guys. Jake's living his best life with his non-alcoholic beer over there because I assume he's hungover from yesterday. No, I just need to be, my, I need to be clear-headed for this uh, evening to entertain my parents. Oh, yes, your in-laws so, are in town. That's yeah. why you're not getting sloppy with me, Jake. Uh, all right, so can we find this uh, scorecard? Yeah, I think it's in the main link there, Jake, at the top. If you, yeah, if you click on the this one, yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh, there, there it is. Okay. So Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, somebody leaked your shit, dude. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened. He's one of the judges that comes from uh, America. Like, one of the that, guys that, that judges is a me. Very impressive leak. How did they get hold of that? I have no idea. I don't know who sent it out. If it was like a leak, or if somebody just deliberately was was trying to show it so they could show what the new scorecard looks like. I've had it since they introduced this, and this new this scorecard is new. When I first started, they didn't have this, but from what I was told, uh, because of the one on Amazon Prime deal, they needed a new card that was clear. It was very concise for the betting, right? Because now there's they're, they're trying to go into the American market, and they can do. Uh, the gambling on the American market. So this is what I was told. I don't know how true, yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is like water cooler talk, right? And uh, so I don't know if they if they released this card deliberately or not. If you guys want to take a look at it, go watch the video of this podcast. Basically, it goes through all the scoring criterias. Uh, number one, number two, uh, let's go from the top. Number one is near KO and submission. And then it says, who do you give that advantage to? And then for each category, there's a degree of advantage. So it says slight, moderate, and dominant. So if we take the number one scoring scoring criteria, which is going to play back when I break down the decision uh, in a minute, the number one scoring criteria is near KO or submission. Damage is number two. Yeah. Okay. So we got to keep that in mind that that is more important than control, and we're not looking at this round by round. Okay. So for each category, near KO, near submission, that's number one. Number two is damage. Uh, you can choose the degree of the advantage. So how dominant were they in that particular category? And then it's by slight, moderate, or dominant. Okay. Criteria number three is striking. Same thing. Who did you give the striking advantage to in the fight and to what degree? A slight advantage, a moderate, or a dominant uh, advantage. Uh, 3-2, we go to ground. Okay, ground game, same thing. Takedowns, uh, jiu-jitsu. Uh, takedowns is four, but ground is like jiu-jitsu. And then uh, also transitions, mount side control back then you get to takedowns and finally aggression which is the lowest uh, lowest scoring criteria which is the criteria Angeli said she thought she won on which i don't disagree with like she was i don't it says even on the card and i thought angela was the more aggressive fighter in terms of like pushing the pace of the fight she was always going forward but then she was getting damaged every time she was walking forward which is a higher criteria in one yeah, and the aggression is the lowest scoring criteria. Yep. So I, I agree with you, right? Basically, actually, let's just take a look at this real quick. So according to Jeremy, God, I feel weird putting him on the spotlight. I don't know how this thing got out, but 
I don't even know if I should be talking about it, but it's out there, so I can, <laughs> well, I'm just going to rock with it. We're about five minutes too late for that. Yeah, so. exactly. So, <laughs> so taking uh, so near KO submission advantage goes to Red. Uh, Red in this case is Panda uh, Xiong Jing Nan uh, by moderate. He gave it a moderate advantage near KO submission, which I find a little interesting. I, well, yeah, actually, no. Moderate is right. Moderate is right because there wasn't actually like I think Panda dropped her twice in the yeah. first round. Right, so that's where the near KO and, and sub threat would come from. Because uh, Angela Lee, the closest she came to finishing the fight, which I don't think was that close, was maybe that well, she had her in like a Darce or an Anaconda or something in the second yeah. round. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, had a choke on her, and it was like a decent threat, but it wasn't really like I'm about to tap out type threat. Yeah, those knockdowns were the, big. F- the, the first round. I was like. Dig, I'll talk about having heart, Angela Lee, and just getting through that first round because she got it crap beat out of her in that first round yeah it looked like she was gonna get finished yeah i thought it was gonna get finished and then she got dropped again toward the toward the end of that round so this is why the near ko and sub goes by moderate advantage to uh to uh panda and i agree with that okay damage red moderate advantage i would also agree with that red again is panda okay three striking uh red angela moderate degree i think you could maybe make that moderate or slight yeah because angela had success throughout the fight and at certain points, particularly toward the end of the fight, she was busier. Yeah. Right? She was definitely – she was playing catch-up, right? And they mentioned this on the broadcast, which I hadn't heard until today because I was – the only time I'd seen it was at, actually at the event. But I noticed that they mentioned it on the broadcast that basically Panda had done all the damage first in that first round. Yeah. And then Angela Lee is playing catch-up yeah. after that point, right? Which I agree with. So – but the striking, yeah, moderate, slight, something like that. That's definitely uh, – Correct. And now we get to the, the categories where Angela had more success. Yeah. Keeping in mind that these are the lower tier categories. Okay. Ground. Okay. Uh, um, Jeremy Saunders gave this to Angela Lee. Yeah. I think none of us disagree with that. She, t- she was able to get takedowns. She was able to threaten a little bit. And, uh, you know, even, even with the clinch, which is not technically ground, but when she's close, she was doing her best work. She was landing some knees in the clinch for a few rounds and uh, got a couple takedowns, and you know Panda kept getting back up, so he gave it to her by sl- slight advantage there. I say that's that's fair. You, you could maybe throw moderate, slight, whatever, yeah. right? But that sounds about right. Takedowns they gave the advantage to Panda, which I find a little, a little. So this is one of the ones where it gets a little subjective, right? Yeah. Because he gave he gave uh, Angela Lee the advantage on the ground, but he gave Panda the advantage in the takedowns. Yeah. Which is quite interesting. I, I'm surprised by that. I would have said it was even at best. But I think Angela landed more takedowns. Yeah. But I don't know. Panda, I think maybe got on top once or twice, like through a scramble. But I don't think she. It was an active takedown that she was looking for. Um, I can't actually remember if Panda successfully landed any takedowns. Nonetheless, uh, Jeremy gave her the advantage there. I, I don't know exactly what he was thinking there, but I can't remember precisely what happened they both ended up on the ground from my recollection angela ended up on top a few times yeah. um and keep in mind that they give us about 30 seconds to fill this thing out yeah right we can't fill this out until the end of the fight end of the fight yeah. and then you know the decision has to be rendered like relatively quickly right like you know they're not like screaming at us to finish it but there's also like a schedule right yeah. like, <laughs> they're, like, they're waiting in there adverts are finishing so we're literally just like basically what we what we do and what we were trained to do by one is to as the fight gets toward the end we still have to pay attention to the fight but we have to start thinking about this yeah. a little bit before we actually write it so we're still paying attention to the fight 
But we're keeping in mind, you know, once there's a minute left in the final round and you can kind of get a vibe on whether or not this thing is going to go to the distance or not, you, you start trying to like parse this stuff together. Um, and then aggression, you know, he gave a slight advantage to, uh, actually even, he gave even on both. Which, yeah, I mean, because they were both aggressive in different portions of the fight. Yeah. Right, like yeah. early on, Panda was more aggressive, uh, especially in that first round. I think in the third round, she's probably more aggressive too. But, uh, you know, you, you could maybe be, I, okay, let me tell you now what I would do. Right, Jeremy and I are different. We, you know, it's a subjective point. Near KO or submission, Panda, moderate advantage. I, I agree with that. Yep. Okay. Damage, also, I agree. Moderate yep. degree of advantage for Panda. Striking, same. Moderate yep. degree of damage. I would give the ground advantage to Angela Lee by slight, which is what Jeremy did. I would also give the takedown advantage to Angela Lee uh, by slight, which uh, he disagreed on. And then in the aggression, I think even is probably the best thing. Yeah. You maybe could put Angela by slight advantage slight. at the advantage yeah. toward the end of the fight. Yeah. Right? So I might disagree with him on like a, th- a little tiny thing. Um, but I can also see where he's coming from. Yeah. Right? So this is actually what the one... And this is uh, what I said on the on my response to the thread is like, this is actually people talking about one who actually work there and actually breaking yeah. it down. You don't get this kind of content listening to fucking Brendan Schwab. <laughs> okay? <laughs> not not really an expert in one FC, is he? Yes. <laughs> nice guy. but Some of them well, are rough. Yeah. Like I watched yeah. the Angela Lee one. It was, like, you can just tell he doesn't know what he's talking about. Even on Rogan, Rogan will bring it up sometimes. Yeah. The nuances of the scoring criteria, a lot of people don't know unless you're in the scene. Well, we would saying before we started filming that like if you watch this and you thought it was the UFC criteria you'd have thought Angela Lee won under their criteria, but it's completely different because it's judged on the whole fight, not round by round. And Angela Lee, I think you could make a strong argument that she would have won under the UFC rules. You could have given her, what, maybe four out of five? I definitely would give her the second. Angela definitely won the second, um, which is crazy because she was hurt bad in the yeah, first exactly. round. Yeah, yeah. But that was a round where she was clinching her up on the cage. I think she got a takedown. I think she was threatening with a, a Doris or an Anaconda or some front choke or something like that. Um and then, you know, you can still maybe give it to Panda, but I think in the UFC rules, you might give it to Angela based on the push she made toward the end of the fight. Yeah. Right? But the UFC puts way more value on, like, control. And the round-by-round round thing makes it totally different. So in preparing for the podcast today, I had a couple examples for you guys. You can watch this for free on YouTube now. Go back and rewatch the TJ Dillashaw-Corey Sandhagen fight. Okay? TJ Dillashaw is fighting for the bantamweight title. He's fighting Aljo, like, in a month or something like that. Yeah. Right? Um, and so they posted this fight free on YouTube and I watched it today. And that is a fight that I can tell you 100% in one Corey Sandhagen would win that fight. Yeah. I mean, TJ Dillashaw's face is like falling off. He had his ACL tore by the heel hook in the the second round. And that was like a really significant part of the fight. I mean, his face is just bloodied, right? But what Dillashaw was able to do was like pin him against the cage multiple times, clinch him, grind him out. He was still landing shots here and there, but he would get his moments of control. Yeah. And they put so much more emphasis on that and as opposed to the damage. I mean, if you look at the damage and the damage actually includes like physical damage. Like if you're cut, if you're bruised, if you're bleeding, are you switching your stance after you get leg kicked a bunch of times? Yeah. We count that. Like there was a fight uh, I think it was the previous show, maybe two shows ago, that I did with one. And one guy kept getting leg kicked, and he kept getting leg kicked. And as soon as I saw his his stance change, yeah, yeah, damage, I was like damage. Yep. And then he's really tender on that leg, right? So shit like that is way more valuable than like if you can pin somebody against the cage, yeah, and hold them there. 
Um, another fight I thought of, this is like going back a little bit, but maybe the old school fans would know this, is uh, when Rampage fought Leota Machida. I don't know if you remember this. This is quite an old school fight. But when uh, Machida fought Rampage, like, for the first two rounds, you know how, like, old school Machida was. Yeah. Like, he was just impossible to touch, didn't land a lot, a lot of footwork, a lot of moving around. The round was, like, boring as hell, right? It was like a – the early rounds were, like, Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. It was just a pitter-pat, both guys on the outside. And then in the final round, Machida got on top of him, mounted him, and was controlling him, out-positioning him, beating him up from the top for the whole round. Yeah. By far the most dominant round of the entire fight. Like, it wasn't even fucking close. Yep. But Rampage squeezed out two early rounds by just, like, landing one or two more strikes or something like that, and then got dominated in the third round and won because he'd edged those two rounds that were basically nothing. You could make them even. And one, for sure, Machida's going to win that fight. Yeah. Because having, like, a big moment is way more important than, like, even if it's even throughout, but one guy like slightly edges that big moment when you really hurt somebody or when you re- almost finish them, whether it's with a sub or a, or a strike yeah, counts for everything like that. It's really hard to dig out of that hole because damage is such a high priority. And uh, in the case of this fight, I think this is exactly what you're, what you're looking at here. Panda did so much damage in the first round yeah, and was competitive enough throughout, right? Because Panda was still landing shots all the way throughout the fight. Like, make no mistake like, about that. Every, like, every time, not every time, but a lot of times, Angela went in to try and get her up against Cage and go for a takedown, and she was getting clipped on the way in and, like, clipped hard. Yeah, Panda shots were doing more damage. Yeah. And even in the end, when they were, uh, when maybe Angela was putting out more volume than she was, like, in the in the fifth round, in the fourth round, I think, um, Panda's shots, when she landed them, were more, they hurt more. They were more significant. They landed harder. Yeah. You, you, can, you can see that. You can tell the difference. Uh, in the power. And Angela was throwing shots to get into range and close her down for a clinch. And Panda was throwing shots to take Angela Lee's head off. Yeah. And she, Angela really kind of struggles at moving her head off the center line when she's entering into the boxing range. Like this is one, and I'm not, listen, I'm not shitting on Angela Lee. I'm just breaking it down as a person who watched the fight and has like somewhat of a <laughs> degree of expertise in this a little bit at least. Right. And every time she's entering, just her head's right on the center line. And she's dealing, and there's dangers to entering, like moving your head a lot when you enter in as well. You know, look at like Dominic Cruz when you're eating like Mar- Marlon Vera's head kicks that are coming in the side, right? Like when you're, when you should use head movement to enter into the range is when you're dealing with a boxer. Yeah. Right? Because most of those punches are coming in on the center line. And Angela's trying to blitz her to get a clinch or to get a takedown or something for the most part. Or when she enters into the range, She's she enters in like that. The problem is, is like when you're tie trained, when you're trained by ties, and there's a lot more round strikes coming at you via the kicks, right? When that stuff starts to happen, you really can't be like bobbing and weaving and rolling your head when you're trying to enter into the range because those round kicks can come in, or knees can come up the middle if you start trying to roll to enter in. Yeah, right. So this is like where the MMA meta is different when you're like dealing with a boxer or when you're dealing with a kickboxer or when you're dealing with a guy who's like Muay or a girl who's like mostly Muay Thai trained, right? And every time you see her enter in or just her head's on the center line, which can be okay against Thai fighters or people who, who train with a lot more round kick, heavy style, a lot more Thai style. But when you're dealing with Panda, who's so boxing heavy, like she should be entering the entering into the striking range, moving her head off the center line, slipping and moving her head, dipping and rolling under to start to come up and land p- punches and then get into clinches and and stuff like that. And I think with Angela, at least in the case of dealing with Panda, it's like a it's a tactics issue 
right? Like she has the skills to beat Panda. Yeah. But she's just not adopting the best tactics in the fight, even though she got to her positions and was able to have success periodically. Like especially when she was clinching, she landed some good uh, kicks throughout the whole fight. I think she like almost landed a head kick at one point, like the third or fourth round as well. So she was landing some, some strikes still, but her, her tactics and her strategy to deal with Panda style doesn't seem like they, like, I don't feel like they're training her to fight Panda. I feel like they're training her to fight. Yeah. Rather than sitting there and like looking at her film and looking at her tendencies and look at what she does. What does she lead with? She's so heavy leading with the jab and the, and the straight punches. Yeah. Like very classic boxing style, right? Faints a lot with the front leg. Very heavy on that lead leg. Angela was trying to kick it a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I guess do you think they're going to do a fourth one? Do you want to see a fourth one as a fan? It's a great fight. It's brilliant and engrossing. But we've seen it, what, three times now? It's probably enough for a while. Like At least take a couple of years off from that one build someone else up and give them a shot yeah so i mean in my we'll just finish up with the angela lee panda thing i think that uh the panda won the fight i think it was really close you know this was not by any stretch like uh like oh yeah obviously no it was a close fight yeah like, angela was right there tough as shit super game uh you know i just feel like it's still young right like still fucking everybody can you how old is she now can you check for me I can't she must be like what 23 24 is she something like that because I think Panda's like 30 plus, right? Like Panda's still in her prime. And then she's, just, uh, I think it's on the side there if you scroll over, Jake. Uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, let's see, what is she? 26. Okay, 26. so she's 26. So she's still got her prime. She's still in her prime for now, right? Yeah. But she's still got plenty of time to work in the division. She's one of the biggest draws in one. The fans loved her. Right, fans love both of them. Actually, I mean, we're in Singapore, so there's a huge Chinese community here, and they were both cheering. Like you were hearing a lot of people cheering for, for Panda as well. Um, but great fight. I don't know. We'll see if they go down. They do it at Adam Weight again because this is at Straw Weight. So Panda beat her now twice at Straw Weight. Angela beat her at Once, Adam Weight yep. when they went down a division, uh, off that uh, pretty sketchy slam. <laughs> that no, not suplex. Definitely not suplex, suplex. And so if you want to go see that video, that video is somewhere on my channel where you can go and see me break down the, the previous fight where uh, Angela kind of slammed her, which is not supposed to be legal. It's a it's a tough one. It's like in between, like, is it on her head or is it like on her shoulder? I don't know. But anyway, you can go watch that if you want. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know, man. I don't know what they do next with Angela. Maybe she goes back down to Adam Waite. I, I don't know what the plan is if she's not in the champion of that division, right? So, um, but can we get to the, the other badass female? Tiffany fucking T.O. Podcast fun. alum and number one female fighter and male fighter Singaporean in the world. Boom. Crushes Ritu, which I knew she was going to do. I, I knew it. I, can't, I couldn't say it. <laughs> you know, not, not a good look, the ref of one of the fights saying who's going to win the fight. Well, it was weird. I ended up actually judging her fight. And it's not that weird because, I mean, this is Singapore. I train people here. So periodically it's bound to happen. I judged Amir Khan's fight. I've trained with him. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. These kind of things are, are just going to happen it's not, sometimes. It's not the biggest island in the world. And and Tiffany's come and she's trained at my gym and you know she's been on the podcast and stuff like that. But obviously as a judge, I mean completely impartial. Um, but you know after the work was done, I was so pumped for Tiffany. But I I, I knew I I sensed this was going to happen. I I had a good feeling that Tiffany was going to run through Ritu. She got armbarred by Stamp. Yeah. You know once I saw that, I was like, listen, 
Okay, I'll, talk, I'll get to Stamp in a minute. But once I saw her armbar Stamp, and actually Tiff me- mentioned it in her promo video. She was like, oh, Ritu got exposed in, yep. in that fight. And then she goes and she fucking crushes her. <laughs> subs her in the first round. Didn't even look competitive. Tiffany's a beast. She's fucking chopping the heads off every contender in both divisions. Yeah. Okay, because now she went down. She looked shredded, man. Yeah, I saw her on her uh, Instagram and showed she had like the photos from her weight from the last fight and this fight. Yeah, she looked absolutely like lean and jacked. I don't know how she passes that hydration test. She looked jacked. And the fucking strength that she would have at Adam weight. Yeah. She's really putting it together, man. She's starting to put it all together. She's getting finishes. She's like durable. She fights out of everything to the bitter end. That fight with Panda was fucking close. You know, yep. that last fight with Panda was close. So Panda, Tiffany, Teo, and Angela Lee are all like right there. Yeah. They're all like really close within skill. And one, it is time to do Tiffany, Teo, and Angela Lee. Yeah. We got to do this fight. We got to do this fight. Tiffany's at Adam weight now. That's the weight. Angela, uh, Angela needs to defend the belt at that weight. Yes, she does. Let's do the maths. Singaporean versus Singaporean descent. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll call it that. Let's do this thing. Why haven't we done this yet? This is perfect because she's out of she's out of Panda's division because Panda's the only person to beat her. She finished with Tiffany the first time. Second fight was a decision. Super close fight. You know, probably a similar thing that happened with Angela right now is that, you know, Tiff was cut up and bloody and the superficial damage was uh, was on the side of Panda. Uh, but a really close fight. The, at the time, we thought Tiff won. Yeah, Tiff, Tiff looked good against Panda. Like, really good against Panda. And then since then, she's fucking smashing yeah. everybody. Yep. She's right there, man. She She's must be right there. Number one contender. Surely. Who else could be? Well, Ritu got to the finals of the Grand Prix and yeah. lost the stamp. So Ritu won her way through the tournament, right? And then whoever won the the whoever won the Grand Prix got to fight. Um got to fight was it Panda? Who did Stamp? Oh, no, it was Angela. It was yeah. Angela. Whoever won the fight got to fight Angela, which is why Stamp fought Angela. Stamp hurt Angela in that fight with the body shot. Looked like Stamp was going to win that fight. And then, you know, uh, Angela showed her toughness and, and came back and, and showed the submission advantage. I don't think Angela Lee's going to have a huge grappling advantage over Tiffany. None. There might be some advantage, but Tiffany T.O. beat Michelle Nicolini. Tiffany T.O.'s MMA jiu-jitsu is high fucking level, okay? Tiffany's, I think, a purple belt under major. Yeah. I don't know if she's a brown belt. Yeah, I think she's still a purple belt or whatever. Like, maybe in slap hands, fist bump, gym jiu-jitsu, Tiffany Tio is a purple belt. But in MMA jiu-jitsu, that is different. Look look how she ran through Ritu. Yeah, and like a lot of people, like a lot of guys out of major's place, once she got her down and she got her in that semi, like, it wasn't quite a crucifix at the front, but they get them down and they start raining those knees to the head. We've seen Kai Chung do it as well in his fights. That is more or less a cheat code at this moment in time for MMA. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially, that's the other thing about one, right, is the fact that you can lower body strike in one when somebody is down. If you are like a UFC nerd and you're listening to this podcast and you don't understand why one people don't shut the fuck up about one, (laughs) because the fact that you can knee somebody when they're down is such a game changer against people getting wrestle fucked. It is so, someone like Ritu, when you can sprawl on somebody... And knee them in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah. Right? When you can be like ground and pounding somebody and somebody tries to come up on a single and you can knee them in the fucking head. When you can like like Adriana Marais flying knee somebody in the head when they're backed up against the cage with their hand down. 
You know that UFC shit that's so annoying of when fighters put their hand on the mat and then they lift it up. And Stay. then they put their hand on the mat and they lift it up. They're playing this stupid game because in the UFC, you're not allowed to strike with your lower half when somebody is down. That is such a significant strike for ground and pound. And it makes it so hard for people to just like wrestle fuck you and come up to you all the time in like a turtle position or any of that stuff because people can knee you from there. Yep. And then they can still control you with the upper body and then they can strike you with the lower body. That is such a game changer. And so like Tiffany, all these fighters now, it's into the training and uh, it leads to so many submissions and so many crazy finishes. I mean, Demetrius Johnson got knocked out like that. Yeah, that's what cost DJ's first fight because he was trying to get up the way he was used to and just got absolutely blasted in the yeah. head by a knee that i mean i can't stress enough how significant of a rule change that is yep. it completely changes the meta when you're doing mma ground striking and grappling completely changes it so uh anyway tiffany teal i'm gonna get her back on the podcast now that uh, i don't think there's any conflict of interest because the fight's over <laughs> i don't want to talk to her about her fight when she's before like in a fight, training yeah. camp we, or fight and we I'm gotta get her on fight. before her next fight gets announced it's just fyi tiff please <laughs> yes that's a good call so tiff we're coming for you actually major said he wanted to come back on too nice so yeah maybe we'll do that one so congrats to them singapore's finest fucking get that championship tiff let's go adam weight champ angela lee let's do this thing what are we waiting on one announce that shit um, all right, so Talk let's go the, to the top of that card. That was a well, let's, five let's, round war. Or can we finish down? off the last one? Did we finish off the the main card on the last one? We just did Tiff. No, we just did Tiff. We've, yeah, all right, I'll bring it. Uh, oh, okay, here it is. So, all oh, right, this is the first card. Yes. Okay, so we can go up here a little bit. So some good fights. Oh, the other ones that were really significant that I wanted to shout out were uh, the two Russians that knocked out uh, Martin Nguyen and knocked oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, um, low down. Oh, there you go. Where, Where I think that's that? the other card, uh, Jake. Oh. I think that's the one on Prime Two. I'm so confused. <laughs> I think it's the other event. Yeah. So uh, the guy that knocked out Martin Nguyen, the Russian guy, man, he looked amazing. Um, to the top. Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, going. no, it's not this one. It's the. This is the same. No, one. but Cap- Captain as well. Oh, Capitan last. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a surprise. These Russians. Those three Russians. Alverdi, uh, Rama, <laughs> Ramazanov. Yep. Uh, when he knocked out, uh, or when he got a split decision over uh, Capitan, that was surprising. Yeah. No, go to the other one, Jake. The one with uh, Angela Lee and yeah. Panda. It's, it's that card. Sorry, it takes me Which second. is one on Prime Two, because I want to get these Russian guys' names. Because I oh, and the guy that knocked out uh, Timothy Nastukin as well. I mean, right there we go. Ilya Framanov, yeah, Ilya Framanov. Man, he looked good. He completely destroyed Martin Nguyen. Yeah, Martin Nguyen is a two-time champion. Okay, he beat has victories over Christian Lee, Murat Gafarov. Like he beat some of the best fe- uh, uh, featherweights and lightweights in one. And this Ilya Framanov guy just torched him, shut him down. Fuck, his kicks were good. He was kicking the shit out of Martin Nguyen. And like you could tell Martin Nguyen is, was really devastated. This was the, his first fight, right? Which even people in the back were talking about like, oh, you know, what do they think about this guy who Martin's fighting? Because nobody really knew who this guy was. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that one's signing the right people because to just put him out in the first round and completely shut him out, one of the most decorated champions in the history of one. And he's not that old. He's like 32, yeah. 33 or something. Looks physically shredded. Uh, this guy is going to be a problem. He looked... Incredible. 
Man, some of these Russians. And can we see the guy that knocked out, uh, that beat Nastyukin as well? Yeah, Halil Amir. This is the guy with the kicks, actually. This is the guy whose kicks I was thinking about. Framanov is a good kicker as well, but Halil Amir just kicks were nasty. You can hear the ones that are like, his kicks don't have a sound. Yeah. Those are the scary ones. I remember, it, I think it was his fight, where I literally was uh, like thinking in my head, the because when you hear the slap, it's not the dense sound that you get when like a shin bone hit somebody and when he would kick people you would it would just barely make a sense yeah like a whereas like the foot or something or whatever you just hear that you hear the skin slapping off man he he looked deadly and the featherweight and lightweight rankings are now shaken up by by those two guys for sure so uh christian lee has another guy on his tail now at, at lightweight um and tong kai has a russian another scary russian on his tail as well in that division so those are really interesting. Stamp had a good fight over uh, uh, Jihin Radzwan. Caught her with that elbow. Did you see that elbow? Yeah. Woo! That elbow was nasty. Just yeah, it, step in, boom. Every single Lateral person who like, elbow. trains Muay Thai shared that in a post, then straight away, like, oh, elbows. Radzwan was tough. She she was still fighting hard and having, like, pretty decent success or whatever, but Stamp looked great. And then, you know, you have Mikey Musumeci, the first uh, one championship uh, grappling champion. And he was able to beat Kleber uh, Souza, who beat him a couple years ago, I think, like in one of his earlier matches at Black Belt. And, you know, Mikey basically shut him down. Yeah. You know, Mikey was able to maintain his guard the whole time, get in on different, uh, get in on different leg attacks. He was looking for heel hooks. He was looking for knee bars, a lot of X guard, a lot of like cross ashy entries uh, and have a decent success at yeah. threatening. Cle you know? Clearly the aggressor in the fight by like a long way. As and Kleber well. just spent the whole round like, yeah. Just trying Fighting to pass like a bat out of hell, right? But Mikey's guard is just too good, you know. And he was able to get a couple of catches in there as well, which is why he was able to get the win. One only scores, in case you don't know this, one only scores the grappling by uh, by catches, which is like a, a near sub, yeah. right? That's the only points there are is, is a near sub. So guard passes, all that shit uh, doesn't count, only the sub. And uh, okay, cool. Cover the one. But it's so awesome, man, being able to go and like have they have kickboxing fights, they have box or uh, kickboxing fights, Muay Thai fights, MMA fights. They're starting to do the the Lumpini in Thailand next year. Yeah. Now that they've see they completely banned gambling. Yes, we went through it last a couple of podcasts ago. Uh, did we talk about the gambling? Yeah, I, I can't think remember. So. If we, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if we yeah. talked about the gambling or not. But they're basically not allowing gambling in the arena. So, which is crazy because that's how Muay Thai's yeah, always that's been. How they but make their money. <laughs> that will be interesting, though. And then, uh, all right, well, let's go to the first first uh, card, which was on Thursday, which had more kickboxing fights. Yeah. Which is always fun for me because I get to just, get to just be a fan. Cage side and watch him. Yeah, and I had some amazing, like, my seats are better than the, like, front row most expensive seats. God, I love it. I just get to sit there and watch some of the best kickboxers and Muay Thai fighters in the world. Um, so the main event, Tawan Chai and Pet Morcott. That was a good fight. Yeah. Did you watch that one? Yeah, yeah, well, I watched, Who did you I think the highlights. Just kind of like as a fan watching. I'm going off the highlights. Oh. I didn't actually watch the full fight, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I did not think uh, Petch Marat retained. I thought he lost. Notice how I went for his name because I think I can nearly pronounce that one. Yeah, Pet Morakai. Um, yeah. yeah, and I thought Talon Chai won. Talon Chai is a younger guy. He's, he's one of the best in the division for sure. Looked really great. It was a good fight. You know, Muay Thai fights are just different, right? Like, yeah. the scoring for them gets a lot more trickier because things like 
like blocking shots and one is also like this like the UFC is a little bit different UFC rewards a lot of volume yeah. with the strikers but volume doesn't really mean much if you're not landing it yeah and and sometimes I think people if they're new to Muay Thai they don't really understand like the significant significance of like clean kicks and clean knees yeah and like how they they're scored relative to like punching and stuff like that so you know what you see is a really kick heavy fight and it's hard for like a layman who's really not see- you know like a clean punch lands the head fucking slaps back but like when you're doing tons of body kick heavy fights and like the elbows are quickly coming in it's a lot of body kicking and leg kicking and checking and stuff like that it can be hard to get a beat on who actually won yeah but for me i thought tell Chai won this fight uh it was close as fuck, though. Really, really good fight. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It was really close. And Pep Morcott's one of the best champions that one has had. He's been a champion for like two years, something like that. Yeah. Um, but Tawan Chai is legit. As legit as they come. Really, really good young Thai fighter. So uh, that was great to watch. Going down, we have uh, Roman uh, Kriklia, who's the current champion also, who's fighting in the Grand Prix. He's the champion, and he's fighting in the Grand Prix, which is kind of weird. Because he's gay. And he's still, yeah, he's game. And he won with a quick uh, TKO there. Going down a little bit. Keep going. Let's see anything else interesting we have here. Ritu Tiffany down further. Oh, there was, there was the, one um, other one that I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? One Rug Rug. Rug Rug was able to win. Omar Khan. He was able to get a win there. There was a, there was a good... Um, oh, it was further down the card. That was it. On the... The grappling match down there. Which one? Uh, that one. Uh, Rodrigo. The right, the evolved guy. Rodrigo Morello. I don't really know much about this guy. Um, you know, he, he was coming from Brazil. His post-fight speech was pretty pretty crazy, though. This is the thing with one where they give out those $50,000 bonuses. Like, he was mentioning in his post-fight uh, uh, speech or whatever that he had just been, like, broke living in Brazil, like, a year earlier, trying to teach some classes or, or do whatever. And then Evolve ended up bringing him in. And, you know, after Evolve brought him in, he, like, got a real salary, got an apartment. Then they brought him in for uh, for one for this fight. For a guy like that to win a $50,000 U.S. By the way, the bonuses are in U.S. dollars, right? So I think for Tiffany T.O., who got the fucking <laughs> bonus. Go, Tiff. I think that shit was, like, 78000 sing dollars. Nice. Dude. Congrats to you, <laughs> Tiffany. You get all. I forgot to mention it. How dare I not mention it? Congrats to you. Applause. Seventy-eight k. Little man. Holiday. Kudos to you. And that's her second win of this year, I think. And then she won. Would have got her bone or her fight purse. And then she would have got seventy. I think it's about seventy-eight k, seventy-nine k, something like that. Singapore dollars. So Tiffany To all of a sudden is balling a little bit. Good for you. And to my point, uh, Rodrigo Morello, same thing. He was able to get that 50K bonus. Man, that has got to be so nice for a guy who's like new to Singapore, coming yep. here, coming from Brazil, probably didn't make a lot of money. To get a bonus like that is nice. I hope you spend it well, my man, and save some of that shit. Save a lot of it. Singapore is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be uh, quite as much as you think it will here. So that was a feel-good story. But man, that ankle lock looked nasty. Yeah. He's straight on it as well. Yeah. Right. He was over in... Less than a minute. He did that interesting variation of it too, where he's doing it from the Delhi Hiva. I can't remember. I was talking to maybe it was Mohammed Suleiman. Uh, I was talking to him about it. Who, who is it? Is it a is it the Tarover Kyotero or is it the version of it? You know where you have the Delhi Hiva hook. You're not like posting on the hip, like if you're in an Ashigarami or if you're in a single leg X to, to finish that. You're actually using the Delhi Hiva hook yeah. instead, and then bridging into that. 
doesn't seem to give you the same amount of range of motion, but people have got a ton, tons of power there. Craig Jones did it to somebody. I can't remember. I got to play with that one. Have you ever it, done that one? I've never done it. I but when I saw it from him, it doesn't look that dangerous. It looks like they can easily get out of it, but no, once you put that crank on, they're stuck in it. Oh, he was in pain. Yeah. He was in real, and he was limping out was on the way. That was a nasty footlock. And you can tell he's got a good one too. He hunted that thing. Like once he got a hold of that grip, he was going after it. Um, so kudos to that guy. Would be cool to see him. What do you think? Uh, ask you this, Jake. What are they going to do? First of all, when is Gordon Ryan coming? Right? Because after ADCC, like the push, the the attention he could bring to one. Yeah, it'll be huge. Would be huge. Who's he's he he's apparently against? signed, right? Yeah. But we have yet to see him in there. Him and Buchecha? I mean, two. <sighs> Come on. That would be sick. Anyway. As long as, as long as it's not an MMA fight. Anyway, so that could potentially be on the on the horizon, and that's interesting because he is apparently signed. Yeah. But uh, what do you think they do with Mikey now? Who could they throw in there with Mikey Musumichi that would be really interesting? Well, my, bizarrely, Mikey called out DJ, but obviously that's not going to be for the title. That's going to well, be... Uh, yeah. That's fun, but it's yeah. also like DJ's not going to stand a chance. No. There's not 0% chance he's going to beat Mikey, Mikey Musumichi in a fight, which, you know, might be... I mean, if they're going to pay DJ enough money to go and like get tapped out by Mikey or whatever like he might go and just give it a go right <laughs> if, if he's like oh, you're gonna pay me how much and I just have to don't matter whether I win or lose yeah I'll do that a lot safer than doing an MMA fight mix rules Mikey Musumeci DJ first round BJJ second round MMA <laughs> like they did with Rotang like they did with Rotang I would watch that because that, oh yeah of course yeah, that would be the I'm most like, entertaining thing possible the thing, the thing is the second that went to round two you know what's going to happen oh dude Mikey's going to lay down <laughs> yeah like, just gonna, run out lay down like, nice, which would be really it. interesting to see how Mikey would approach it right yeah like how would you approach it because he's not going to strike with him he, this, obviously Will you, just, you just sit down Fuck, no, that would no, be really because, interesting no, because to then see. you're going to get kneed in the head because it's one what about combat jujitsu one yeah, round. I'd, I'd watch that. Just bitch slap each other the whole time. I'd actually. You just, I can, yeah. I can just see DJ over top of Mikey Musumeci <laughs> just trying to like bitch slap him in the face. But the thing is, if you can't punch, Mikey might still win that fight. Yeah. If you can punch and you can knee the head of a grounded opponent. He's not winning that. He's not winning that. But, but if you can slapping. only slap, Mikey might be able to get to him quick enough where the slaps won't do enough to... It'd be fun to watch. I say they do that. That's what I say. I don't care who <laughs> they give him next for that belt. Do them in combat jiu-jitsu. Well, I mean, most they're not going to probably do that. Most likely what they would do is just a jiu-jitsu match. But, yeah. but there's just no way that Mikey wins or the, the DJ wins that fight. Um, yeah, that would, be, that would be the most fun for sure. But what would be the most competitive? I'm trying to bring it up now, but they do not list athletes in order of sports. So it's no. difficult to... Now, they don't really have anybody signed. They'd have to sign somebody yeah. to, to come in and do it. But either way, it was good fun. And uh, all right, man. I mean, that, that pretty much covers, I think, most of the one. Thank you all for uh, being on the fucking Reddit post and, and blowing the podcast up. We appreciate that. I hope you guys get some good value from this podcast, or at the very least, that it's a little bit entertaining. Uh, we got a big UFC coming up. Do you want to do that, Jake? Let's get a, pre let's get a preview one on, on Islam and Charles well, Oliveira. Or do you want to do that next week? It's a few weeks off still. I mean, if we do it, we have an extra week for it to generate attention. I don't know. I don't know. Or we can do it next week. I'm not particular on it. But either way. It's going next week because I do need to push okay, it off. Let's save that for next week. All right. Um, is there anything else we, we wanted to hit up that was big from this week? No. No UFC today. Got through the one from last week, which was excellent. If you've not watched that, definitely go watch it. I'm on Amazon Prime. Like, just to go back to the yeah, what we kicked off with, like the Angela Lee Panda fight, it was 
go watch it. It's such a good fight. Like, it was one of the few where I wasn't zero eyes on the round timer, purely looking at the fight. The round had ended. They'd be like, what? When? How? What? Not five minutes. It's such a good fight. And the fights at one have been so good lately. Yeah. There have been so many finishes. I think if you look at the finish rate over the last like three or four one cards, it's got to be like over 70%. Yeah. And that's across like 10 fights per card. So you're dealing with like 60, 70 fights, right? So is it because their rule set's better? Oh, their rule set's definitely better. Yeah. I, I like it better. I, I, it, it eliminates all of the problems of like the 10-point must system. It, it doesn't mean that it's perfect and it doesn't mean that other problems don't arise. But the yeah. most annoying thing, one, is that fucking hand shit. Where they just tap their hand, put it, lift it up, put it down, lift it up, put it down, put it. This eliminates that completely. The the killing yourself for the weigh in because of the hydration test. So, and I mean, I don't know what the deal with the hydration test is. Some people haven't been able to fight, so they're obviously enforcing it to some degree. John Wayne Park couldn't fight because he failed the hydration test. Eliminates that. Okay, those are number one, and number two, and then number one is the round by round bullshit, where it's like. How can a guy in a five-round fight squeak by three rounds and then get fucked up in two other rounds and win? Yep. And it also blows my mind that, like, knocked, like you can get knocked down a ton of times in the UFC and then, like, still get, like, a 10-9 round. Like, that kind of stuff is just eliminated. Like, you get knocked down twice in one, you're going to have to kill that fucker to get that damage back, right? Like, you're going to have to really hurt them. Yeah. You can't you're just pitter-pat them the rest of the fight and get a decision. If you get knocked down twice you got to knock the guy down three times after that to win the fight. Or one. you got to hurt them. Yeah. You can't just like land shots. If they hurt you bad like that, like like Panda did in that first round, she was hurt bad. Yeah. Twice. Bad, right? You, you can't just like edge her in striking and volume over the next rounds and make up for like, you were fucking almost done, right? Like you, you got to have moments that are significant to get out of that thing. And I really think that's the best part about the one, one rules. And the knee thing and the hydration thing, and uh, the best thing about the fact that it's not in America is that they can take executive decisions and make stuff happen instantly because they don't have to go through all these fucking athletic commissions. Dodgy, dodgy commissions. This, this one, the last two fights, the Friday night, Saturday night, was the first time I actually thought, yeah, this is the better rule set and the better judging criteria than the UFC. Like, it's becoming clear now because it makes the fights more exciting. And generally speaking, the aggressor and the person who does the most damage wins the fight, which is what everyone wants to see. And let's let's extrapolate. We can end on this point if you want. We can extrapolate on this, and we take the other sports that one does into account. Okay, what's the most annoying thing about Muay Thai? The, the fact that they cl- takes the first round off. Generally speaking, all the Muay Thai culture stuff. The fact that they don't they don't fight hard from the first round. The gambling that influences the fights. The fact that they can clinch for the whole fight and just be. It, it makes it boring to watch. Listen, I'm, I'm a purist for Muay Thai too. I love old school Muay Thai where you could clinch as much as you want to clinch and all that kind of stuff. But if you're trying to sell an entertainment product, they want to see the striking. You can still clinch in Muay Thai in one. It's just they don't allow it you to hang on for the whole fight doing that. So they eliminate that stuff. What else is fucking awesome? Well, let's put them in MMA gloves. Yeah. Right? The can't, fucking can't knockout percentages up. go up. Yep. Entertainment value goes up. Right? Kickboxing. Amazing. High value. They... Same thing. So, the kickboxing is pretty much the same, actually. BJJ. What's the most annoying thing about BJJ? Stalling. The, the stalling and the points. What can we do? We give him yellow cards. You lose 10, 10% of your purse if you stall. Like, And then on top of that, advantages, points. All that shit's gone. Subs. 
That's it. You sub, you win. You get a win, you get a sub, you might get $50,000 bonus. And also, if you don't get a sub, if somebody just passes you inside control and then you threaten them and they keep passing you and keep passing you, but you threaten them, you win. Yeah. You were the closest. Oh, my only thing with that is, would it be better if they put EBI overtime in there? I would not be mad about that if it was like uh, a if close there were no fight. no yeah. catches, nothing yeah. else happened. So at least there was some. I would I'd be down for yeah. that. That could be interesting. That'd be nice. Yeah, do that, please. But so the point is, is they take the annoying shit out of the other. It's not just MMA. They're doing that. They're paying a lot of attention to like how to orchestrate this system so that it's entertaining, which is their product, right? It's their entire product. So. Yeah, I mean, and this is really goes to illustrate the theme of the podcast, which is like that just fixing the rules and being able to make changes without having to go through the bureaucracy that exists in like American and European political s- sports structures like boxing, which is, I mean, the boxing is the worst. The UFC is better than that, but then we can also do it this way and yeah. we can have these things. And uh, it's, fuck, it's just good to see the scene exploding. And there's a show in two weeks. 12 days as of the recording of this podcast and KL. It'll be the first show, I think, overseas since like COVID or since I've been working for them anyway. So I'm hoping that I'm going to be on the call sheet to go and do that. Um, Jake will not be here. so Holiday. Sorry. We'll break it down when I get back done. Yeah, but next week we'll podcast. And, uh, you know, please, guys, leave leave comments on this. Let us know what you like. Uh, thank you so much to that dude who I mentioned earlier who, who put up the, sub, uh, the Reddit and, and shouted us out. That that was amazing, uh, and uh, we will be back next week. Are there fights next week? Maybe we we'll get uh, a guest next a, week. I think there's a UFC. There's maybe a UFC next week. So we'll we'll break that stuff down. We'll preview the, the Islam Makachev yep. Charles Oliver fight because that motherfucker is looming on the horizon like a shadow just in my life right now. I cannot wait to put out tons of content for that fight. To me, it's the most intriguing lightweight championship fight since probably conor mcgregor and khabib or maybe poirier and uh, Oliveira, like it's that level but the fact that it's islam makachev just makes that so juicy that fight card is a banger it's gonna be nice god damn that is a good card so we're gonna preview all that stuff break it down and i'm gonna get back into doing some more technique videos too i miss that and especially uh breaking down finishes of fights which we're gonna do more for one because uh, nobody's doing that. No. Nobody, nobody's covering one for real except this podcast. And uh, also nobody's going to – is breaking down fights from one. So I'm going to start doing that just to try to f- totally fill this niche before some other asshole comes in and copies me and does better than me. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to lock this shit down. Before someone with an actual set that doesn't have your kitchen in the yeah. background. <laughs> before somebody does this that actually has time to do it like a full-time job. Uh, all right. Everybody, we love you. Jake and I love you. Thank you all for uh, listening to this podcast. I'm going to make sure that we uh, try to get a little bit more content out for you guys, especially now that I'm working with one. It's really cool. It's the favorite part of my life. It's like my career high at the moment. And I get to do things like uh, hang out with the fighters. And hopefully through that connection, I'm going to be able to get more people on the podcast. I'm hoping to get Herb Dean on. That's my goal, Jake. The problem, the only major problem with that is the first part of the podcast is just going to be me nerding out <laughs> like you're gonna to have to introduce me to him before the first, i can't meet him for the first time when he sat there and he's a guest because we're just gonna i'm like oh, yeah. that's how i got dinner with him and yeah, drinks yeah, with yeah. him yeah so uh and i wanted to ask him then jake oh i did because i was talking to you about yeah. this because of course <laughs> if, <laughs> you mean i'm just like just ask him shut up <laughs> 
Because, of course, I want to ask everybody that I meet on the podcast, right? But I want to at least – this is the thing. Even, like, you know, working at one, like, Rich Franklin and Matt Hume know who I am now, right? Like, yeah. now that I've done, I think, six or seven events, like, people, I'm, people are starting to know who I am. Initially, I'm just, like, I'm trying to not draw any attention to myself the first few weeks, right? I just want to go there, do my job, say hi to people, kind of just lay low in the background, not draw attention to myself, but now that I'm doing it more and more, it's uh, getting easier. And then hopefully, I would love to get some of the one executives on. Bashir was on my old podcast, Ahmed, who's the guy that made this happen for me, who's fucking amazing because he was able to get this for me. I'd love to have him on. Uh, Olivier Cost, who's the ref, or Mohamed Suleiman, who I could probably get on, who's the other ref, because he actually owns an academy in Singapore. And I'd love to get him on. But I had drinks with Herb Dean. Problem is, well, it's not the problem, it was cool, but his wife was there, yeah. right? And it was his birthday. It was his exact birthday. And now that I've done a couple of shows with him, I, I want to ask him, but I want to get him when he's not like, it's not his birthday. His wife's not in town. Like, you know, he just rocks up for a show or whatever. He's here solo for a couple of days. And after he knows me a little bit, then I'll see if I can ask him to come on and, and do the podcast. Herb Dean would be sick. Oh, be amazing. Especially because I've been working with him directly the entire time he's, he's done all the one shows. So that's been really cool. He's got some crazy stories. I mean, he was the ref in the, Kamar Usman Leon Edwards fight. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. So again, you've got to introduce me to him before he comes on the podcast. Otherwise, it'd be an hour of me just asking him to tell me about that fight. Oh, man. We, we would have so much fun with Herb Dean. A few beers on the podcast with Herb Dean. And he, he, he drinks a little bit. You know, his wife was getting a little loose. And then he was like, no, 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 guys, I got to go leave. And I was like, no, come on, Herb. And his wife was like, no, come on, Herb. But we had to be up at like 5 a.m. the next morning. Yeah. I was willing to throw my life away for it. I was like, I'll get, I'll be hungover in the morning if I can hang out with Herb Dean longer. But luckily, Herb Dean was the adult. And he was like, no, man, it's 5 o'clock. I got to go. That's what you want from And I was like, but just five more shots, Herb. Please. (laughs) Please let me just sit here and chat with you for about MMA for however long. And Charmaine's like entertaining his wife, right? And I'm just like, Asking Herb every fucking fanboy question that I could possibly think of. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you all for listening to the pro- podcast. Jake, thank you for everything that you do. You do all the hard work. Uh, this is the Stronghold Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please comment. Please like. Please share and subscribe. And thank you again to the guys that, that posted that stuff about us. That allows us to get a little bit more actual attraction and attention to the podcast. And uh, we're glad that you guys are enjoying it. So, Stronghold Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You guys have a good day.